Hello and welcome to the Bible for Worship at St. Paul Lutheran Church on this 21st Sunday after Pentecost, when our scripture reading is written in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verses 12 through 23. Moses said to the Lord, See, you have said to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me your ways so that I may know you and find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses replied, If your presence will not go, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people, unless you go with us? In this way, we shall be distinct, I and your people, from every people on the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and will proclaim before you the name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, God said, you cannot see my face, for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, See, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Here in Exodus chapter 33, we come to a key moment in the drama of Exodus, of God leading Israel out of Egypt to Mount Sinai, to the giving of the lifestyle, if you're going to be my people, and on through the wilderness toward the promised land. This chapter 33 is a key moment, a turning point, because in the prior chapter, Exodus 32, the people had lamented that they didn't know what had happened to Moses up on that mountain where he was going to get the Torah, the instructions, the lifestyle of how to live as God's people. They said, we don't know where he is. And they demanded that his brother Aaron build them gods who could go with them. And that's the incident of the famous golden calf, the idolatry 
of Israel at the base of God's mountain. Moses, in chapter 32, calms God, who has seen the golden calf and is ready to destroy the people and start all over again with just Moses, make a great people out of Moses. But Moses calms God down, points out that that would really give God a very bad name with the Egyptians and anyone else who hears of it. And God relents and agrees to continue with this people, even if there is a certain discipline that is necessary. Then in chapter 34, after the one that we're reading this week, there's a renewal of the covenant. Moses goes back up the mountain. He gets the new tablets with the lifestyle, the Torah written on them in the handwriting of God. And there's a covenant ceremony sealing the covenant between God and the people. Here in chapter 33, what we really have is the account of negotiating the renewal. And it's mostly Moses negotiating with God. You could almost talk about this as a kind of truth and reconciliation process, similar to what we've come to know can be so effective when ethnic communities have been at war with each other and ultimately have to live together and go through a truth and reconciliation process in order to get over and pass the trauma and begin to establish their new covenant for moving forward. Well, this is kind of the truth and reconciliation moment between Moses and the people and God. There are three steps or three questions in this negotiation. The first one in verse 13, Moses says, I'm not going to grant just blind obedience. You said we should go up, but you haven't told me who's going with us as our sort of divine guide and protector. So show me your ways, and then I'll know that I've really found favor in your sight and can lead this people. And in verse 14, God doesn't show Moses the ways of God, but says, I will lead on this next step of the journey. But he says, I will lead you, and that's in the singular, you, Moses which Moses picks up on and comes back in the negotiation to say, but God, these are your people. If you don't go with us collectively, then we're not going to go because I am not setting out on my own and risking the possibility that this whole people will be left behind. This, in some ways, goes back to the debate in chapter 32 about whether God could destroy the people over the golden calf. And Moses says, no, this is your people, God. And here again, when God maybe hints at just going forward with Moses, I will lead you. Moses says, it needs to be all of us. You have to go with all of us. And in verse 17, God says, 
I will go with all of you. And then Moses presses once more, show me your glory. Can I have full knowledge of who God is? And God says in the next verses, 19 through the end, through verse 23, no, you cannot know my full glory. You will not see my face, but I will reveal to you my name. That will be enough, enough for you and enough for the people. And indeed, this is the only place in all of scripture here in Exodus where God proclaims God's own personal name. You cannot know my the fullness of me, says God, but you will know enough to move on and be my people. And then in chapter 34, there are new tablets carved up on the mountain. There is a covenant ceremony, and on that mountain, God speaks God's personal name, which really comes out as characteristics a God who is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, overflowing, abounding with steadfast love and faithfulness. This becomes the conclusion of the dangerous moment when God and Israel might have been parted in the wilderness over the issue of idolatry. In context, this is a fascinating story because the golden calf was erected on the principle that, or for the reason that the people said, we don't know where Moses is. And Moses, in the negotiations with God, says, we must know who goes with us and what the way will be, or we're not moving. And God says, yes, you can know enough, but you cannot know it all. That is also the message of the gospel that we hear in the New Testament. This gospel that Israel heard in the wilderness is echoed and reiterated in the New Testament. It's not that God somehow reveals more in the New Testament, but God does again say, as in the Torah, so in Jesus Christ, you know enough. You will not know all. I remain God. Even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane says, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not mine, but your will be done. Jesus doesn't even know it all, but trusts that there is enough to face whatever comes next. Just like Israel in the wilderness, just as we are urged to trust and follow God, knowing that we know enough. And the most important part of that knowing enough is that wherever we go, 
as God's people, God goes with us into and through and out the other side of whatever it is that we may face. Whatever wilderness, whatever dark night, whatever challenge, God is with us. God bless.